We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like, we call him Gandalf, because like he's never early or late, he's always <laughs> at the right time. And my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages. I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again, I'm here to stay. Hello and welcome to The Uncontested podcast where we cover the nba okc thunder and pop culture you can find our episodes on itunes soundcloud spotify stitcher and our website the uncontested sports.com i'm the thunder mob jacob and today i am joined by a couple of dudes i've got taylor what's up friends i've also got justin cha-ching thunder money ball hey that wasn't outcast I know. I'm trying to change it up. It's wishful thinking. I need them to hit a three, please. That's I like so how true. our intro has Russ saying, I don't give a damn about percentages because those percentages were bad. Today on this episode, the Thunder don't play basketball for a while, so we wanted to get an episode out to you guys early, covering quite a few things, get some stuff that you guys can listen to during this uh, this three-game hiatus of Thunder Basketball. So we're going to have some Thunderbolts for you. We're going to go around the association. We're going to debut a new game in Pop Culture Minute. Woo! Yeah. Let's And we have some Twitter questions. So let's just jump right into it. I'm going to throw it over to Justin. Take us through some thunder, Thunderbolts. All right. First segment I'm titling What the Russ? <laughs> um, Russell's returned uh, post-births. Uh, uh nina had the twins russell's back uh but he hasn't quite seemed like himself um when you look back at the last three games against golden state he played fairly well 
He had some rough decisions, but overall, I think he was fairly restrained. I think he realized pretty quickly that he wasn't shooting the ball well and kind of, you know, changed his role to be more of a facilitator to where at the end of the game, he was only the fourth leading scorer on the team, which I honestly can't recall a time that that ever happened. Um, But at the end of the day, he had a triple double. He had a really nice game uh, next time out against Charlotte. Uh, he put in 30 points. He forced a few shots, but overall, you know, he was 10 of 18. Um, he had 12 rebounds, eight assists, solid game in a win against Charlotte. And then most recently he had a bad, bad, very bad game against Denver. Um, where it was kind of all the bad rust traits coming out, forcing shots, um, you know, not looking for teammates, not playing, Locked in defense. It was just kind of everything uh, that Russ haters spout all rolled up into one game. Uh, So what I want to talk about is what's going on with Russ. What do you think is going through his head? Is it just trying to readjust after being out for a little bit? Um, Is it can't he can't shake bad habits? I'm just not quite sure to make of what we've seen from him this last week. It's kind of been the the, uh, story of, of two not halves, but (laughs) what I'm trying to say, I guess, is Russ is, it's kind of been like two different players, you know, early on in this past week, uh, like you said, against the Warriors, especially, um, he he was passing the ball, he's playing off the ball, something that we haven't really seen Russ do a lot of, and the team has been benefiting from it. Um, I really like this little blurb here that, that Royce Young put in his article that he wrote this past week. Um, Russ is, Currently averaging 12 fewer touches per game compared to last season, nearly two fewer dribbles per touch, and almost a second less with the ball per touch. Now, obviously, Russ was out um, for part of this, you know, early on this season with that ankle injury, and then you know the Twins came. But since he's been back, you know, it's kind of like a different Westbrook. And then, like you said, Justin, it's like last night all the bad came out. Right. <laughs> it had been building up, and he just unleashed. Um, it, but then we saw him last night, you know, for the, I think it was the first time since in a couple of years he's done this. I think Royce said the last time he did this was after a bad game against Phoenix a couple of years ago. He went back out onto the home court. Yeah. And, and they're in Chesapeake. You know, it, he's known to go like to the practice facility and, and get up shots after a game. But he actually went back out full uniform uh, after last night's game and, and got shots up. So. I think we're seeing a frustrated Russ, a Russ who wants to try and get back into rhythm uh, and, and trying to find the balance between what we saw against Golden State and what we saw last night. I think part of what makes it tough is this team was clicking so well without him. And like just putting myself in Russell's shoes, like, you know, that thought has to go through your head uh, of like, you know, what am I doing wrong that's kind of screwing this team up? Right. And yep. and I would never I would never say that, you know, he's he's all the reasons behind um, why things aren't clicking as well as they seem to be maybe a week or two ago. Uh, but it, it does beg the question of, of you know, what's going on uh, trying to reintegrate him that's causing these hiccups. I think a lot of it is um, the bad habits like we talked about, which all kind of came to a head last night. You hope that after a game like what he did against the Nuggets that that is the kind of pinnacle of it and that that's his like come to Jesus moment uh, where he kind of turns it all around moving forward. But that's not always the case. Uh, but I feel like the what you're seeing from him 
while he won't ever verbally admit it to the press, you know, he's never going to come out and be like, yep, guys, that sucked. I'm terrible. I shot too much. Like, that's not Russ. He's going to come out. He's going to be defensive. He's going to shake his head and not answer questions when he doesn't like them. But I think his actions speak louder than words in these scenarios because you see things like the shooting on the court. Uh, I think you can see it in his body language. He is frustrated, um, whether he verbally says so or not. Yep. Definitely. And so I'm looking at Russell Westbrook's box scores from this regular season so far. Um, So he doesn't play the first two games, right? He comes back, that ugly loss to Sacramento at home in the third game of the season, that bad loss to Boston. After that Boston game, he plays one, two, three, four, five, basically four and a half games because he gets injured in that Pelicans game. Okay? Yep. In games after that Boston game, field goal percentage, 62, 52, 50, 63, and then 38. So that Pelicans game was kind of the outlier. Um, with assists at 7, 8, 10, 12, 9. Then he leaves because the ankle injury. When he comes back, field goal percentage, 48, 33, 55, 26. So in, the, in, the, in those early games, he only had one game where he shot under 50% from the field. Now, recently since he came back, he only has one game where he shot over 50% from the yep. field. Wow. Also, here's another stat that I think is, is really kind of tells the story of what's going on right now. Since that bad loss to Boston, those five games that Russ played, zero threes, three, three, one, and two. Those are yep. three-point attempts. Okay, three wow. zero three three one two, and since then last got, night he was one of twelve. Yep, when he came, when he <laughs> since he's come back uh, in these past four games, ten five four twelve, shot four times as much as. Also, let me tell games. you a story. That the the past four games where Russ Russ has shot double digit three point attempts, losses Sacramento yep. Denver, games where he shot single digit three point attempts. Uh, the five and the four were against Golden State and Charlotte, both yeah. wins. It's wow. interesting because somebody kind of asked PG that question after the game last night of like something along the lines of, you know, do you do you like Russell taking those shots or do you think he should take less of them? And his answer was pretty generic, something along the lines of like, oh, you know, Russell, Russell can make those shots. He just didn't make them tonight. And Russell said something similar like, you know, sometimes you make shots, sometimes you don't. Uh, I would hope that deep down they they kind of recognize some of those trends that we're talking about here. More threes equal more losses most of the time. Russell's at his best when he's attacking the paint, when he's driving, which opens up scoring for himself as well as scoring for others because he draws so much attention in the lane that it leads to open shots on the perimeter that he can kick out and get some easy buckets. When he's just come down the court, and either standing there or dribbling or kind of sizing people up and then pulling a three that that's the defense's dream because they don't have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. He's forcing shots and making it easy on them. And we kind of saw that, you know, the thunder got down by quite a, uh, quite a lot last night and they started forcing shots, you know, Russ particularly, and he kind of led the charge on that, but even Schroeder, um, some guys like that, they're really forcing shots that we haven't seen all season and they're at their best when they aren't, aren't, uh, taking those three-pointers. Yep. Um, Here's another interesting stat for you. Russell's played 11 games this season. Five, only five of those games has he taken more than 20 field goal attempts. 
No, sorry, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. Uh, they've lost four of those six games. Hmm. Wow. So it's like the more Rush shoots, the more they lose. And they where only have seven sh- losses. Yeah, where if he's shooting, <laughs> right. um, you know, 18, 15, 16, 13 times, they're getting wins. And they're getting wins mm-hmm. uh, pretty comfortably. So it's kind of interesting. It's like the the more Russ is setting people up and, and taking that step back, uh, the, the team is succeeding more, which is kind of, you know, what we've heard from this team. Uh, Royce has a good article up about it how they're, they're trying to make the system less about Russ. It's not that Russ yeah. shouldn't be important. It's that Russ can't be the system. Yeah. Yep. And I think those numbers kind of, kind of explain it. Yeah. And he doesn't have to be anymore. You know, a lot of times he, he took so much attention because he had to be, um, you know, with the depth, the thunder have this year, it's just not necessary. Um, and, and so that kind of makes me wonder is a little bit of Russ, um, you know, upping his usage and his shots and those kind of things. Is that related to the injuries that the Thunder have had? Exactly. Uh, you know, every podcast we talk about the wing rotation, um, because it, it never stops being interesting. Uh, this week we, we have kind of a new twist, um, with the injuries that we've had. So we talked about this, um, on our Twitter earlier, uh, but we've got some reevaluation dates coming up. Um, so some potential times for some of these wing players to come back. So coming up on 11 and 28. So later this week, that'll be seven days post ankle injury for uh, Hami and Tferg. Uh, it sounds like Hami somehow had the less severe injury. I think they gave his time timetable so as like seven to 10 days. And Tferg was like 10, 10 to 12. 12. Yep. Um, so a potential look at Diallo, if he came back after seven days, I, I mean, I'm going to start calling the kid Gumby. Um, that would be ridiculous. Then, yeah. So, so for reference, um, that, that 11-28 date, uh, they play Cleveland that day, and that's after mm. three days of rest. That's the next game they have. And then they play Atlanta that Friday at home. And yep. so that Friday would be nine days removed. So both yep. will probably be evaluated by that and by that time. And I'm assuming by the third, which would be seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve days after injury. I'm yeah. assuming if both of them aren't back, they're very, very close for that road trip. That that Monday, December third will be at Detroit. So okay. yep. I, I'm I'm assuming that at at worst they they play these next two games, Cleveland and Atlanta, without Ferg and Homie. And then after that, I assume they at least get one of them back, probably both. And you would hope they can win against the Cavs. Cleveland and, the Hawks and Atlanta. Yeah. Without them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, Cleveland, they did just beat uh, Houston last night. This is true. And they beat Phoenix. Or not Phoenix, Philly. Yeah, yeah Philly. Philly. Yep. yep. So um, Colin Sexton. Yeah. <laughs> but it'd be, like you said, Jacob, like before they go on that road trip, um, if they could get them back for that road trip, uh, kind of get them reacclimated and back into sh- game shape, uh, that'd be huge. Because yeah, because that next another... week's difficult, and yeah. we're, we're about to break down the schedule. Yep. But yeah, that that True. next week is uh, is difficult. So you want them back and in game shape by uh, by that week of December the ninth. You brought yep. something interesting though, in that on December fourth, 
that's a, a possible reevaluation day for Andre Robertson. Yeah. Um, you know, it, we just kind of gotten so accustomed this season to not having Dre. And these other guys really stepped up, obviously pre-injury, and have been playing so well. And there's so many different options that having Robertson just brings a whole new twist to this team. And it seems yeah. crazy to me that we're already to that point because I remember this offseason thinking, you know, after they said Dre has had a, a pretty big setback, he's not going to be reevaluated until December. I was like, man, that seems so far away. Right. Yet here we are, less right than around a week the corner. From a, yeah. Yep. It's going to be a, a big twist for this team for sure, particularly getting him back out on the court, seeing how he, how he feels, trying to get him back to game speed. Um, I'm really curious to see see what Dre has. He's been, I don't think he's been out warming year. up and shooting and stuff pregame with the team. Uh, yep. He's he's getting there. And so October 4th was the the announcement that he, he went back and they reopened his knee to remove or to fix a stitch that was, that was yep. irritating him. That set him back for two months. So 12-4 isn't. We we have in here that it's a probable reevaluation day. We don't know for sure when they're going to look at him, but yep. uh, that that'll be the two months. Like to me, it would make more sense that they look at him and evaluate him this coming week because the fourth comes in the middle of a three game week long road trip. So it would make right. more sense for them to reevaluate him with the doctors here in Oklahoma City rather than them reevaluate him. Uh, in a hotel room or in another team's practice facility uh, on the road <laughs> right. in Detroit or Brooklyn, you know. Yeah. Speaking or of, or they uh, could uh, wait till the following week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Either this back. week or the following week, and, and we're all kind of on record of we don't think he's playing by then. Yeah. He's going to get reevaluated. Yep. Uh, they're going to work him back in, and uh, and we'll see him hopefully before 2019. But but it's th- that. That announcement, whenever they come out and they say we've reevaluated Andre Robertson, and th- this is the new timetable, this is this is what's up. That that press conference that that will probably take place, probably not a, f- solely for Dre, but that post practice conference whenever Dre's available, or Billy yep. talks about some stuff, or Presty talks about some stuff. That's going to be interesting. That I think we're going to get a really good idea of of what's going on with Andre and what we can yep. expect for the rest of the season within the next couple of weeks. And what those coaches are expecting too. Yeah. Um, right. But you know, one thing I, I thought was super interesting is um, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but it was before the Charlotte game, uh, the Thunder's physician head physician or whatever got the, like NBA physician of the year or something like that. Did you guys see that? I don't no. know. Yeah. That th- I think the Thunder tweeted it out. Um, I, I should nice. go and look, look it up, but Hey, these, these guys are in good hands even and they're, they're keeping him busy. That's Except he uses sure. WebMD to diagnose freaking Alex Abrinas. <laughs> Forgot about Yeah, no kidding. No he finally kidding. returned, apparently. Kind I mean, of. Yeah, kind, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> played seven minutes last night. I talked about that in the postgame pod. He that's came ca- that's out. weird. He kind of tweaked his ankle, and he ended up only playing seven minutes. I, yeah, tweak, I, thought he got, he has, I thought he got hit in the balls. Or was that uh, the, the game before that? That was the Charlotte yeah, I, game, maybe. But okay, he got hit in okay. the balls. Yeah, he uh, he's having a rough go around. I'm I'm a little concerned. He has like mono or something. Right. He needs to like take a month off or something. I think we'll <laughs> see, we'll see him again th- these three days where they don't have a game and they don't play again until Wednesday and it's at home. Um, I I think he should be healthy by then. If he's not yeah. like yep. full go, like back to thirty minutes a night, Alex on Wednesday, then I'm going to be mildly concerned. Yeah. Right. 
I agree. So, that's that's a good point. There's having these three days of rest in between uh, this past game last night against Denver and this upcoming game uh, on Wednesday against the Cavs. Is, that's really big. They need it, man. For this they they just they look kind of gassed and tired, and I mean they missed a lot of threes last night, and a lot of them were short. It just yep. looks like tired legs. Right. Not enough movement. Uh, yep. Take settling for stuff. Um, what have you guys thought about? the the guys who have filled in the kind of the tweaks to the lineup Billy's made with all these injuries uh he's done a few different things so you know against the Hornets he started Schroeder which I thought was a super interesting move and then against the Nuggets uh we saw TLC um so a guy who went from can't sniff the floor to now he's starting against the Nuggets <laughs> uh two totally different strategies I think two very different levels of success uh, I don't know if TLC earned himself another start. I think he's played relatively well um, when he's gotten his minutes lately, but he had a pretty rough go of it uh, last night. Yeah, and he's obviously he's a stopgap. You know, um, it, it's hard to expect much from him. Like you said, he was racking up DNPs whenever right. Ferg and Diallo and Abrinas were healthy. Yeah, like. Whenever Dre is also healthy, that guy is literally like the third, not, not like the third to fourth two guard, probably like the sixth or the seventh wing off the bench. Yep. yep. You know, so keeping that in mind, and that's the guy that's starting. Like, you, you have to be pretty content with the with the production that you're getting. He hasn't been bad. He's he, but he's he's just been, kind of been a stopgap. You know, just kind of fills a role for the time being. Yeah, so who he's, starts he's against, an average NBA player. Who starts against the Cavs? That's an, interesting, Burton. That's an interesting question. Who do the Cavs <laughs> run out of the two guard now? That's uh, a good point. Guard? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Because JR, JR's <laughs> not playing. Right? No. Is um, it a – is Caspery? Is he a – however you say his last name, is he a shooting guard or is he a small forward? I think he's a small forward here. I'm gonna. This is awesome podcasting. <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> starting lineup. Starting shooting roster <laughs> lineup. Let's figure this out. Oh, have they been? Uh, have they been starting Clarkson or is it Roddy Hood? I would assume probably one of those two. Yeah. Um. That's we know what, what we're talking show. about. We're smart. <laughs> yeah. God, this is great podcasting. Thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Clarkson. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a that's an athletic wing. You know, I mean, he's yeah. going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Nice neck uh, pats. I mean, <laughs> if Abrinas is healthy, you have to start Abrinas. Right. I think I, I think that's the thing is you're going to see Abrinas start whenever he's good, which hopefully is is against Cleveland this next game. Yep. And then you you play Schroeder and probably like TLC and and still Burton off the bench until these wings get healthy. It looks like against the Rockets, um, the Cavaliers started Rodney Hood and Inwaba. Okay, David yeah. Waba, yeah, Inwaba. Um, so it looks like I mean, not too dissimilar from the Thunder lately. They're kind of using a rotation of guys. Yep, they'll be fine. I mean, at, at Cleveland, Cleveland's won four games all year. Like the Thunder should come out and play well, especially off so much rest. So, yep. what do you guys think about Deontay Burton? What do you think his ultimate uh, destination is with the Thunder? Like, 
do you think they'll eventually convert him to a full contract this season? Because um, his 45 days are coming up short, you know, against Charlotte. I think I mentioned this uh, last night, but he had 11 of the benches, 13 points. Right. Um, last night, he, he had some really good good plays as well. And yep. uh, he, he's still a little lost defensively on at times. Uh, but other times, I think he's playing some decent defense. Uh, he's occasionally knocking down a three-pointer. And then obviously, we know how freakishly athletic he is. I think it was like Royce Young who tweeted out in the, the Charlotte game that he actually had heard uh, all summer about how this kid, Deontay Burton, was coming in and just looked great in, in, in obviously summer league, but uh, in practices and scrimmages as well from the team. So I think they're excited about him. Uh, what do you guys think his future is? It's interesting. I, I, I could see him, especially with the injury concerns of this team, I could see them eventually bumping his two-way to a, to a full-time contract this year. I think um, I think he's probably on the uh, on the – the roster, not the blue roster, but on the Thunder roster next year. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think they want to invest in this kid. I mean, especially when See, you compare I'm... his minutes to like what Nader's gotten. I mean, I, yep. I just think, I think he's shown you more than Nader has. Um, and, and Nader's on the roster. So I don't see any reason why Deontay wouldn't be a part of the team. See, here's the thing. I think, I do think Pressy and Billy both, you know, the entire organization really, likes having that last 15th roster spot open. So I'm really curious to see how they treat this because it, it wouldn't surprise me, like you you mentioned Nader, uh, if, if they found a trade where they yeah. like traded Nader and TLC for like a second a second round pick in the future or something along those lines to open up another roster spot, uh, yeah. then convert Burton over to a, two, or a, to a full contract and still have a little flexibility heading into uh, the trade deadline and obviously the buyout market after. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Makes I sense. Think, yep. Um, so we've talked about Abrinius a little bit lately, which seems like a good segue to one of our Twitter questions. Uh, this one comes from at Cade Meters One. He asks, how much of the two recent losses do you attribute to getting nothing from Patterson and Abrinius in the Nuggets game? I think... You know, we talked about it a little bit. Abrinas did not look like himself uh, against the Nuggets, but we haven't really touched on Patterson much. Um, against the Nuggets, uh, he played nine minutes, 0 of 3 shooting, 0 of 2 from 3. Didn't do much else. Minus 10 on the floor uh, against Charlotte, uh, which was a win. He was okay, 13 minutes. Uh, but same kind of same kind of stat line, 0 of 3 shooting, 0 of 2 from 3, minus 5 on the floor. Um, against the Warriors. Oh, the, oh my gosh. Uh, this is like Groundhog's Day. <laughs> o of three shooting. O of two from three. <laughs> um, and then you look back uh, at the Kings game and wait for it. O of five. Oh, uh, we're switching it up. <laughs> I think the last time he hit a three was against Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Which so, is one, two, three, four games ago. My point in all that is <laughs> they're not getting anything from Patterson. Uh, I think this is exactly what Toronto fans uh, warned us about. Exactly. When that the Thunder signed him, everybody talked about how streaky he was. And I think uh, I think we're in, in um, the bad part of his streakiness. But I will say this. To answer the question, I don't blame the losses on him at all. Because I think this team has so much scoring and so much um, so much to offer in these wins that I don't think Patterson is really swinging games 
one way or another. When he does score well, it's almost like a little bonus. It's never really been the points that you needed to get over the top and win a game. It's just kind of like, oh, cool, Patterson hit three threes tonight. That's nice. Um, but there, there's so many other guys contributing that, you know, that that's a that's a fine role for him to just kind of be this bonus scorer. But he's not a guy that you have to depend on and that has to get his numbers in order for the Thunder to win. I think there's lots of other reasons the Thunder haven't won. I agree. I agree. Yep. I agree. Uh, Pat, and like you said, he's we, we've been warned that he's kind of a streaky scorer, a streaky shooter. And so you ride out these bad streaks in preparation for a good streak. Yeah, I, I think both of these can be contributed to, you know, bench contribution. When the Thunder are winning these games, they're having a lot of contribution from their bench. And their bench yep. has been playing really well. You know, we've talked all season about how this might be one of the deepest Thunder teams of all time. Uh, but when you have these injuries and you're missing a Diallo, a Ferguson, who's been playing great, um, even with the Brandon's coming back, he obviously still isn't 100% yet. So you can't really blame him for not playing well. He just he still is just battling an illness uh, or trying to get back into game shape. You know, that's your you're really relying more on Russell, on PG, on Steven Adams, on Schroeder to carry that load. And uh, unfortunately, they've been kind of cold, um, particularly last night, and they lost that game. And I think there's a lot of people out in, you know, Thunder Twitter land that have been kind of hard on Patterson saying, like, get this dude off the floor, all that kind of stuff. And and yep. again, it's it comes with the territory. I think he's I think he's doing what uh the thunder expected him to do the front office expects him to do i don't think the thunder ever expected him to be this like lights out shooter that you can put in the game off the bench and he can just come in and immediately light it up Uh, i think they know what they're getting and i i think what he's getting or what he's giving this team is what they need now obviously you need him to make some shots he can't go over every night um but he's coming in he's playing decent minutes um, and he's he's putting up decent shots, and eventually they'll go in. You know yeah. what's kind of funny is a uh, I think it was down to dunk. I don't know if you guys remember this or not. I think they had an episode. Uh, it was during the summer. It was pre, you know, it was before preseason even. And I think they were talking. Maybe it was even uh, after last season. But regardless, it was during the off season. They were talking about who's going to be the next Kyle Singler, where people just kind of want to put the blame on a player when they they don't play well, or the Josh Hughes type, and. Uh, a lot of I believe a lot of them picked Patterson that they they predicted that he would be the guy that um, gets the blame and I you're right I think we're kind of seeing that when he doesn't More play Patterson, well Patterson uh, man More I know Patterson <laughs> <laughs> hey I, I know this is minorly off topic but while we're speaking of power forwards I think an unsung player on this team right now who is quietly being overshadowed but having a great great season is jeremy grant 100 uh jeremy grant minus that crappy game in sacramento where everyone played bad a couple nights ago um the last time jeremy grant was a negative in the the single player plus minus was the third game of the season wow minus that crappy sacramento game um where everyone played bad he only scored eight points besides that the last time he scored in single digits was the third game of the season. The last time he shot uh, below 33% from three in a game was all the way back against that Pelicans game when Russ got hurt early November. 
He's their wow. best three-point shooter yeah. percentage-wise this season, which yeah. is wild. I mean, his his, at... his three-point numbers since then, 67, 33, 50, 50, 60, 50, 33, 50, 40. Those are, those are game-by-game three-point percentage uh, since that New Orleans game when he went 0 of 3. He's leading yeah. the lead, the team right now in percentage at 36.8%, three attempts per game, three three-point attempts per game, which is huge. I mean, it, it stretches the floor out for this team. It creates space, and he's obviously knocking these down. You know, He's, he's uh, knocking them down, is, and maybe my favorite thing that he's become good at now, which I think really opens up so much of this offense, is not only yep. can he space the floor and spot up at the in the corner for three, but whenever he runs pick and roll with whoever's out there, whether it be Paul George as the ball handler, Dennis Schroeder, or Russell Westbrook, Grant can screen, roll, catch the pass off the roll in the lane, and then reverse the ball to the other side of the floor to a wide-open shooter in the corner. You know, instead of just catching that short roll and shooting it, he can catch and immediately swing pass out of it, which opens up the floor so much more and spaces out the defense, makes it that defense a little bit more thin. If he can shoot like this for real, which this is a good sample size, 20 games, if he can shoot like this for real and make those kinds of passes and still keep attacking the rim and kind of being relentless like he is, like he's really, really good. Yeah. He, he's changed so much from yeah. when the Thunder trade traded right. a, a late protected pick and Urson Ilyasova for him. That's so true. You know, he, he went from being that raw athlete that we saw who would jump at everything to uh, this, this disciplined, poised, versatile player. Yeah, I I love all the all the points you brought up there. And he put Jokic on a poster last night. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Which was beautiful. Great points. Yes. I love seeing NBA Twitter's favorite center get demolished. Makes me happy. Agreed. (laughs) Jeremy, Uh, uh, Jeremy's playing very well. Yeah, he is. I think he's a guy that uh, is easily forgotten on this team. You know, obviously, Russell gets all the the storylines in the national media. Um, Paul George gets the next most attention. Uh, but then you you still have guys like Steven Adams and Schroeder, who, again, are taking a lot of focus away from the great season that Jeremy Grant's having. But I think, you know, on a different team, given different circumstances with a higher usage rate, um, I think, you know, people people would be talking a lot more about Jeremy Grant, but I'm very happy as a Thunder fan that that is not the case. Yep. He's I was just about to say, I, I, I would I think I obviously you want him to be happy and, and I don't think he's the kind of guy that wants the attention. But if he's playing so well and then he's getting upset because he's not getting acknowledged, then, OK, maybe I want him to get a little more. But assuming he's not and I have heard no indication that he is, um, I would prefer it this way. Where he's yep. that under the radar player because uh, it it helps you know particularly when you have teams that are, are coming out and focusing you know elsewhere it uh it's big for sure agreed so um looking at the thunder schedule uh, we've talked a lot about this um, in, on past podcasts just talking about where the thunder are at in the standings you know they were tied for first for a hot minute. Um, and then all of a sudden they're in sixth. They lose Weird. one game and drop to six. Uh, but <laughs> the, the point being they, they have a solid record. They've gotten off to a, a decent start, save for what happened at the very beginning of the season. But we've talked a lot about, you know, is this a function of an easy schedule? Is it the opponents they're playing that are kind of inflating these numbers? 
the good news is <laughs> they continue to have a fairly manageable schedule. You look at their games between now and Christmas. I'm just going to rattle through these quickly. Home against the Cavs, home against the Hawks, at the Pistons, at the Nets, at the Bulls, home against the Jazz, at the Pelicans, at the Nuggets, home against the Clippers, home against the Bulls, at the Kings, at the Jazz, home against the Timberwolves, and at Houston on Christmas Day. Uh, you know, there's there's a few tough ones in there. I think getting New Orleans and Denver on the road, uh, I don't know if that's a back-to-back, but it's, it's two games in a row. I think that'll be a challenging stretch. They do play Utah twice, which will obviously be tough. Uh, but there's a handful of games in there that just the Thunder should be able to sleepwalk into a win against a handful of these teams. So as we look at this, um, what is it, 14 games uh, between now and Christmas, what do you realistically think the Thunder can do uh, with these opponents? Well, just looking at this list here, um, the only back-to-back in this entire stretch is that at Denver and then home for the Clippers game. Looking at this, understanding that probably after that Atlanta game or after that Detroit game, they're getting Homme and Ferg back. Um, yep. Maybe at the end of this list, uh, we get Dre back. So looking at this, I think of these 14, 11 and 3 is is very manageable yeah. uh, and uh, almost almost expected. I think 10 and 4 I agree. is expected. Um you know, again, at Denver and then coming home the next night to play the Clippers, that's a tough, tough game. That's also four games, four games and six nights, which yeah. uh, finishing off with the Clippers, uh, the Could Clippers are solid. Game like, like last night, you know, with the with the Nuggets where we played a lot of games in a short period. I exactly. But but I mean, looking at this list, like they should win the next five games, Cleveland, Atlanta, Detroit, Brooklyn, Chicago. Yep. yep. You know that It'll that be should be that should be five that should yeah. be that should be a five game one streak. Those next four, that's a difficult stretch. Utah, New Orleans, Denver, and the Clippers. That's a difficult stretch. You got that Chicago game, and then you got Sacramento, Utah, Minnesota, Houston. Yep. yep. So Utah's been playing really poorly recently, but they're gonna be a team obviously that's hungry, that wants to get back up to the top. And then obviously with guys like Donovan Mitchell who can just turn it on any night um it's only a matter of time before that flip switches back on for him um you're you're right that is that's a tough stretch but yep. if utah continues to play like they have i mean that could be a six game win streak and and looking at just just looking at this and looking at these teams like the thunder bench when healthy the thunder bench is better than any of these benches yeah that's really you know they're point. better than any of these benches so yep. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna say eleven and three over this fourteen game stretch to Christmas. The Thunder are currently twelve and seven, so eleven and three would put them at twenty three and ten, which is on pace for like fifty seven wins. Wow, wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I could see ten and four. Yeah, um, but the the optimism me and from watching this team and being so excited. Uh, I, I really think 11 to three is very doable. I, I think so too. Uh, I think anything less than 10 and four would be a disappointment. 
11 yep. three and up would be excellent. I think, you know, you're getting the wins you need to do. Obviously you're not going to come out and win every game. And I think, I think any of those records uh, would be exactly what you want to see out of the thunder. What I'm afraid of is something worse than 10 and four, you know, yep. they come out and lose a couple in a row, whether it's yeah. uh, Utah, New Orleans or Denver Clippers, they can't seem to beat the Kings. Uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of ways that this could go sideways, uh, but uh, it, it's definitely something that should be attainable for this team uh, to continue to win a lot of games with their upcoming schedule before uh, things start to get a little more challenging as this team moves into the new year. Definitely. I mean, nine and five. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, this team sucks. If if they go nine and five. Um, sure. Maybe be a little bit disappointing. It'd be but disappointing. Nine and five would be understandable, but it, it's still a pretty decent record. Now, if we get in like the eight and six, seven and yeah. seven, then we have issues. And that means, in my opinion, that means something's gone wrong where but, uh, yeah. a couple of these players haven't come back like they should have or somebody else gets injured. Before we move on here, let me ask you guys this. What, if you had to bet on one of these two things, what would you put your money on? That. From now to Christmas, they go seven and seven, or from now to Christmas, they go fourteen and zero. Oh man, easily seven and seven. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Going undefeated in the NBA is just nearly impossible. Uh, oh, if they but... didn't have a bunch of injuries right now, and they were still kind of humming at the pace that they were, say a week ago. I might be able to talk myself into 14 and no, but just, yeah. I think the realities of what we've seen from this team the last week, you know, I could, I could easily rattle off seven losses in that list. If I had to, you might be able to talk me into like a 12 and two though. Um, I might put more, yeah. I might be more willing to put yeah. money on like a 12 and two compared to a seven and seven. Touché. Yeah. I'll buy that. Touche. Are you guys ready to go around the association? I'm ready for that sound. All right. I'll get you the sounder. Give me just a second. I'm I'm lacking here. <laughs> Come on, Kawhi. I don't even know where you're sitting at. That always makes me smile. It's always a good, good way to kick off. I was going to offer to just go ahead and do it myself if you couldn't find the sounder, <laughs> but I'm glad you saved everybody for that. We need, a, we need one podcast where yeah. we don't play any sounders and we just all make the sounders like yes. ourselves <laughs> out of our own mouths. We, we put one person in charge of each sounder. That'd be so, yeah. That, that'd be that would be entertaining, to say the least. So you guys have been listening to us talk uh, about the Thunder, and, and one thing that keeps popping up is this crazy Western conference, uh, like we talked about, uh, and I don't have the exact date on this because again, poor podcasting, but I believe when the thunder were tied for first place before last night's game against Denver, it was the first time since like 2014 that they even shared a spot uh, of first place in the West, which is just crazy. Uh, then they lose last night. They dropped to tied for, yeah, they're tied for a fifth with the, the Trailblazers yeah. at 12 yep. and 7. Um, so it's just, it shows you how crazy this Western Conference is. So we wanted to kind of bring that up and talk a little bit about that. Um, for example, 
Justin has having some computer troubles earlier before we got started, and just, and Jacob and I were talking through this. The Jazz are currently 14th, second to last in the West. They're still only five games back from first place in the West, who is currently Golden State at 14 and seven. That's why. And uh, now Memphis and the Clippers are still 12 and six, but because of a uh, win percentage, you know the Warriors have played more games. They're 14 and seven. They currently have um, first place of the West. Uh, in comparison. Let's see here in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so, for example, the Celtics are at seventh in the East. They, they've been playing really poorly. Uh, they're still st- that's seventh in the East. That's still a playoff team, and they're six games back from first place, which is the Raptors. Uh, the Magic are at eighth, six and a half, uh, and then ninth place is the Brooklyn Nets right now at eight games back. It's just cr- absolute craziness. So, where are some things that you guys want to talk about here? Maybe some teams that have surprised you. Um, just how how tight it is in general. Um, what teams do you expect to miss it? <laughs> I knew yeah, that was I coming. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah. think we talked about this a second ago, but the Utah Jazz, you know, I think everybody, I mean, they were talking about, there were some hot takes about the Jazz winning the West, which was absurd. Yeah, uh, being like yeah. the number two seed. Right, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they're sitting down there, at, they're 8-11. and 11. Uh, Like you mentioned, they are only five games back, but they are in second to last place in the Western conference. I think what they are struggling with surprisingly is the, is, excuse me, defense. I got too excited. Um, (laughs) And I, I, you know, you try to wrap your mind around it because that was their calling card last year. That was what beat the thunder last year was their defense was just unbelievable with Gobert in the middle, shutting down anything that came into the lane. They had solid perimeter defending Uh, part of what, I think they're struggling with is the pace of play this season. Teams are playing so fast and the jazz are not a fast team. Like that series against the thunder, they just slow you down, get you in a half court set and they can lock you down. And I think when teams are playing so fast and they're getting up and down the floor, Gobert can't keep up. He can't be the same rim protector that he is in a half court set when he's trying to catch up to a fast break or things like that. He just doesn't, it kind of neutralizes his strengths. And I think that's a big part of why the jazz are struggling this year. I think that's interesting that you brought that up because before the season started, if I knew the pace of play was going to be like this, I would argue that Memphis would have the same issue. Memphis is currently like half a game out of first place, you know? And yep. so it's it's just it's kind of venturing. Also, I want to mention that um, uh, some Memphis like blog site wrote an article titled "Why Shelvin Mack is Better Than Your Backup Point Guard," and I just laughed <laughs> because we have Dennis Schroeder. Like, I can't wait till we play Memphis and we get Shelvin Mack on Schroeder because Schroeder will drop like twenty five on him. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, way Jackson, better than that waving stretch. Jaron right? Jackson's been incredible. Him yeah, playing alongside Mark Gasol season. has been impressive. It's like the fountain of youth for Mark Gasol. Yep. Yep. Uh, Memphis is one of the teams that surprised me. Uh, obviously, yep. Sacramento. Sacramento is yeah. over 500, 19 games into the season. Um, I'm not going to go back and look right now, but I don't know how long it's been since 19 games in the season. Sacramento has been over 900. It's yeah. been a while. For sure. Yeah, they're currently 8th in the West at 10-9, and nine, uh, only three games back of first place. De'Aaron Fox has looked great. Buddy Hill's yeah, looked he great. Um, they have talk a, about a, a team bunch of solid fast. role players. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Vladdy's got himself quick. a squad. Yep. And then there's been reports coming out that there's uh, disagreements between the front office and the coaching staff and how they want to get rid of, uh, who is it, Dave Yeager out there? 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this is, is the crazy. one time your team's actually been like competent and right. Vlade's going to mess it up. He's, he's going to start drama, unnecessary drama. Yeah. Vlade's an idiot. I'd be so mad if I was a crazy. Sacramento Kings fan. Right. Well, they're probably all Warriors fans now. They just hopped across the bay. That's true. One That's team true. that was that started off really hot this season and that has has continued to not play well, I feel like is the Pelicans. You know, they yep. there was a time at the beginning of the season where they were at the top of the West for a period of two or three weeks. And you know, now they're at ninth with uh, their ten and ten, three and a half games back. AD was out last night. I know that because I have him on my fantasy team. I was really looking forward to him playing, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess he has a hip issue or something. He's kind of been banged up off and on this season. Um, you know, they, they're kind of struggling right now. Uh, that, that's a team that kind of surprised me as not playing nearly as well as I thought they would be uh, right there along with the Rockets at 9-9, nine and nine, uh, yeah. tied for 10th in the West. And then I think lastly for, um, for teams that have impressed, you know, we're talking about surprises. We've talked about two kind of teams that have dampered our expectations and haven't looked good in Utah and, and New Orleans. Um, yep. Sacramento's look good, but the Clippers are all the way up there, dude. And like, yeah. they don't yeah. have a superstar, you know, they're, they're, they've got a very solid team though. I mean, Montrez Harrell is playing like an animal off their bench. Yep. Gallinari is playing so the good. best that he's played like in a long time. And cause he's finally healthy. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander is playing well. He's they've, playing they've, well. they've got, you know, Bradley, they've got, Boban. Oh God, Boban. Yeah, they've Boban. Got the, they've got the troll. You know, they, <laughs> they've just they've Boban. got this really interesting team that yeah. there's not one sole star, but just as a unit, like one through ten, they're they're really deep and they've got a really good squad and they're you know right in the in the top of the Western Conference right now, which is really surprising. Yeah, eight I think and that's, two that's in their another, last ten. Another good team to bring. There's such an under the radar team, and like you said, because they don't really have that superstar. So you know, if they are able to to land somebody like that in free agency next season, whether it's a uh, Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant or whoever, um, they're they're a team to definitely keep your eyes on uh, this yeah. season and beyond for sure. We've talked a lot about the West. I want to throw one out from the East. Yeah, Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I did not expect them to be second in the East. I thought they'd be good. I'm a big Greek freak fan, and I think he's been unbelievable. But they're playing at a level that I didn't expect him to play at. It's the Mike Budenholzer effect, man. That it team, is. Yeah. That team takes no non-paint twos. They're shooting paint twos, layups, and threes, and that's it. Yep. And yep. Uh, they're really good. They Chris are, Middleton's been awesome this Chris year. Chris Middleton is insane. Chris Middleton's getting maxed this summer. I'd almost guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah, there, there are so many summer. teams I would love to have him. Um, but just wave Jody Meeks. No Thunder fans. We do not need him. God, Jody Meeks uh, is garbage, as, as dude. Jacob and I talked about. Yeah. <laughs> He's so we bad. We do not need to pick him up. <laughs> he is, yeah. I'd rather have Kyle yeah. Singler back before I'd have Jody Meeks. That dude's yeah. trash. Didn't he, didn't he drop like 55 on the Thunder a couple <laughs> years ago? Yeah, I think so. Everyone does that, though. I could probably go <laughs> drop 40 on the Thunder. <laughs> So something else that happened this week since the last time we podcasted as a group, uh, Steph Curry got in a car accident. Too bad um, it wasn't God fatal. That... <laughs> uh, yeah, thankfully he he's okay. Bang, bang. Um, <laughs> good sounder. <laughs> um, the pictures look pretty gnarly though. His yeah. his, his Porsche, Porsche got 
got a little messed up there. Uh, I think he was in like a two car accident. This is so overrated, man. Like the dude got in like an accident. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Like Americans get in accidents. Like there's probably like two hundred thousand accidents a day. Yeah. Every morning I wake up, my my News on Six app here in Tulsa, you know, News on Six is a news channel here in Tulsa. That's uh, the equivalent of News Nine OKC. It's like their sister channel, and I, I have their, their their app downloaded, and it's like almost every single morning I get a notification saying, you know, there's a wreck on Highway 169, uh, you know, between fill in the blank street and fill in the blank street. Avoid that area. That's a good point. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, but it made headlines though. It was all over uh, all over Twitter. I think it was like Tuesday night or Monday night or something know, like that. My favorite image that I saw was a picture. It was a screenshot of the article about Steph Curry being in a car crash. And then the next picture was a screenshot of a selfie of Tony Durant driving. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Uh, that is pretty good. Um, so speaking of a, a wreck... Markel Fultz is now. I like your wreck. I like your segues here, Taylor. <laughs> You're doing well. <laughs> Boom. Uh, yeah, he is. It, it, it's an absolute mess. I, I believe actually this happened around the time we were we were po- uh, podcasting last last Tuesday, um, and then there's been some new info since then. But Markel Fultz is having uh, apparently having wrist issues now. He's going to have that exam next week, and his attorney slash slash agent slash bad influence slash whatever you want to call him <laughs> um he uh, all the above he is saying or has leaked to the athletic that markel fultz would prefer a fresh start somewhere and would like to be traded um unfortunately for markel he is not jimmy butler he is not quite yep. leonard he's not gonna demand so much he, exactly that that doesn't have quite as much power and so, I thought I guys... listened to the the Woj pod with Bobby Marks recently. Oh yeah, yeah, they brought up this interesting yeah. idea that you know after the Jimmy Butler trade, Philly is definitely in like win now mode. You know, yeah. so so fourth quarters of games are you're putting out Simmons, you're putting out Butler, you're putting out Embiid, you're you're getting these guys on the court that can help you win the game. JJ and, Redick, and you're not putting out Markel Fultz and trying to help him uh, develop and get to where he needs to be. And yep. so so that makes this whole dynamic fairly interesting. That's yeah. a really good point. They're current, we talked about standings. They're currently third in the East right now. Uh, they're, they've been playing really well. Jimmy's starting to kind of find his place there. Um, yeah, they, they, they aren't very interested at this point of trying to help Markel come over his, his, mental, um, his mental state, I guess. It, right. it just seems like a mental issue for starters, but then also he's still having some physical issues as well. Yeah, they, they don't have time for that. They're, they're trying to win championships, and they're trying to win now. It's a good point. It's pretty interesting. Got a so, nice uh, shout-out from Amari Cooper on the touchdown celebration. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, really that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, Nick was pretty happy about that. <laughs> so so what places make sense? If, if Philly was to trade Markel, uh, where does he go? I... I could see a team like Phoenix, maybe given like a draft pick. Or I was thinking Phoenix as well. Like, would and just would taking Mark, a gamble on him? Would Markel for like Josh Jackson make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think that's actually I think that's a, a would, really good trade. Two guys. Phoenix, would Phoenix do that? Failed, failed to meet expectations. Yeah. Um, you might have to throw. You're going to have to throw a sweetener with that probably for Phoenix. But I think if they offered uh, like Fultz and a, a first rounder or you know something along those lines, I. I think if you're Phoenix, you're very interested in that. 
What I about will like say this? As much as I don't think this will actually happen, Presty kind of has a history of you know taking a chance on guys whose stock is down a little bit. You know, oh, you yeah. think about when yeah. they drafted Perry Jones uh, or when they picked up Hashim Tabit. Uh, I think he's just he's he's Nerlens Noel. This yeah, Nerlens yeah. is a great like success story. I think there's been a number of times where Presty's done it and it hadn't played out, but Nerlens is a great example of kind of Venus picking up a guy even. like yeah yeah picking up a guy when his stock's down, buy low, sell high. I think there is a chance that could happen with Markel Fultz, but there's again it's a risk. There's a, also a chance that he just continues to, you Bad. know, have have the Charles yeah. Barkley golf swing. Here, yeah. Here's yeah. an here's another interesting one that I want to throw out there. Uh, Markel Fultz for Jonathan Simmons. Oh, that's hmm. interesting. Because Orlando right now is playing. Yep. N- n- they don't have any good point guards. I mean, they're playing. Uh, yeah. Jerry and Grant and uh, and who's who's the guy that starts from was the backup in Oklahoma City for a while. Augustine. Augustine. DJ Augustine is DJ starting Augustine. for them right now. Who's like Ugh. not a starting level point guard in the NBA, and and Fultz kind of matches the uh, the timeline of guys like yeah. like Bomba and yeah. Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac. Yep. Et cetera. Et cetera. So that's that'd be a interesting. Really good spot. Really that'd good spot. I like that one. Also, like Terrence Ross has been balling out for Orlando. Orlando's ten and ten. That's man. true. Just yeah, kind of, they're, kind of they're uh, hanging around there. Kind of surprising. For sure. For sure. So uh, we have a, another Twitter question, and we, we felt this one was more around the association um, appropriate compared to uh, Thunder Twitter question. Josh Langley, 28, he asked, what are our conference finals predictions this early in the season? So if we had uh, to pick two teams tough. from each conference to be in the finals right now, who are we picking? Yep. Ooh, that's hmm. a good one. Justin, you go first. Justin, you go first for the East. For the East, okay. Um, East, I'm going to say the Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh, yeah. And the 76ers. Ooh, man. East, I'm going to stick with you with Milwaukee. That makes sense. Uh, I'm going Toronto. I think Toronto is legit. Yeah, that's what I've got. Yep. Now, I still am not counting out the Celtics. And I could see them getting hot again, learning how to play uh, with these new integrations like Hayward and uh, Raptors Celtics still being in the conference finals. But if I had to pick right now, I'm with you, Jacob. I go Raptors Bucks. Okay, let's go Western Conference, Justin. Oh, I mean, you just can't bet against <laughs> the evil empire in Oakland. Yeah, um, I think all of us will have Golden State in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Golden State. That other team is just so hard to peg right now. You got to uh, choose yeah. right now. <laughs> thunder. Let's Woo! go. Taylor. Yeah, that's what I got. That's oh, exactly my I got. gosh. I, I can't say Thunder, thunder too. The most, they're the most consistent. Uh, second best team, I feel like, in my opinion, this early in the season. Now, will that change by the end of the season? It definitely could. But if the Thunder can get healthy and continue to play like they have been, if Russ can can't find that balance like we talked about early in the pod in, in our podcast about um but you know between scoring the basketball efficiently and and still remaining efficient and getting others involved uh, the thunder are a dangerous team i can't go the thunder since you two want the thunder <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say this is this is just a really stupid so take. So just for it. i'm gonna say portland 
Yeah. I, and yeah. now let's move on to pop right culture now. minute so nobody can talk trash to me about this. Here we go. <laughs> it's over 9,000! Winter is coming. I told you a million times. My teeth are coming in. It's called cleidocranial dysplasia. All right, on this week's edition of Pop Culture Minute, I want to introduce a new segment, a new game called Finish That Quote. Dun, dun, dun. So yeah. I've gone online and I have found some, some popular quotes related to pop culture. I will tell you guys right now, they are from sports, vines, and <laughs> movies and i think that's all i have sports vines and movies today oh gosh uh, i cool. flipped these quotes up i'm going to play the quote and then you two have to uh have to finish them i'm gonna be terrible oh it's gonna be fun <laughs> let's go you guys got it <laughs> we got it we got it <laughs> uh let me find it here real quick finish the quotes okay so here's your first one i'm just gonna play and after the first quote is over i'm gonna pause it you guys gotta finish it LeBron James with. Oh. What's the end of the quote? This is like super famous. <laughs> I'm throwing you a softball. The rejection. Oh, there you go. Yeah. No, it's a dunk. The Listen dunk. to it one more time. Oh, I thought it was going to be that. Barnett comes out on LeBron. Now they switch it. Here's Pierce again. A Smith screen. Posey will defend. Oh! He dunks on Kevin Garnett. LeBron James with the hammer. <laughs> oh man, you guys have let me down. LeBron Ooh. James with no regard for human life. Uh, Do you not remember that quote? Okay, that's man. a throwback. Yeah. I wasn't good, ready uh, for that. Yeah, that's a that's a throwback. <laughs> All right, this next one. Uh, since you guys sucked so bad on that one, we this next you. one is a vine. Okay, <laughs> if you guys get this one wrong, I'm gonna be pissed. This next one is a vine. Finish this quote. Look at all those <laughs> chickens! Chickens! Look at all those chickens! Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> there you go. That all right, boy. here's your next one. You ready? Ready. Yes. Hi, my name is Troy. I have a basketball game. <laughs> I'm a you point guard. I got shoe my game. My favorite thing was when people today. My bad. Was <laughs> when. Uh, people were asking Trey Young about that. That was the best. Hi, my name is Trey. I got a basketball game today. <laughs> All right, good job, Justin. Next one. You ready to f die? No, yeah. What does she say after he says, "Are you ready to effing die?" Do you need to listen to it one more time? I heard that one. one more time. You ready to f die? No, yeah. I'm a <laughs> you ready to f and die? No, I'm a. Oh yeah, I, I have no idea. <laughs> oh my gosh, she says, "No, I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me." <laughs> have you guys not seen that one? No. Oh, you guys suck. Awesome. We need to call me or a Nick here. They would yeah. do good on this. Yeah, they it's would. They, they would carry us. <laughs> oh, my, that's one of my favorite vines of all time. All right, next one. Here we go. What we need is a few good taters. What's 
Potatoes, Brussels, potatoes, huh? Potatoes. Potatoes. What does he say after that? Do you guys even know what that's from? It's from The Hobbit, right? It's from The Lord of the Rings. Okay. Potatoes. Then what does he say? Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Perfect. <laughs> Justin carried me. Justin is on a roll. It's one of my favorite Lord of the Rings quotes. Yeah. All right. It's up there with like the Bubba Gump shrimp. From it, yes, that's so true. All right. Here is a. <laughs> I think this is the last one. Um, this one, you guys better get this one. It, it's a three-parter. All the same quote. There's three breaks in it. Okay. You ready? Okay. Let's play a game. All right. Mm-hmm. On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, that's Step Brothers. Um, yes. I can't remember the dinosaur. I can't either. Was it like Velociraptors? Yes. Velociraptors. Yeah. Velociraptors. Yes. Let's continue. I got one. Let's continue the quote. Uh, Favorite oh. non-pornographic <laughs> magazine to masturbate to. Good housekeeping. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Good housekeeping. Here we go. If you were a chick, who's the one guy you would sleep with? John Stamos. <laughs> Justin is killing it. <laughs> yes. Killing of Step Brothers. What does he say after he says awesome. what? He asks them a question. What? He says he says what? And then he asks him a question. What's the question at the end of the quote? Did you just become best friends? Did yep. We, yeah. Did we, you want to go do karate in the garage? <laughs> yep. Perfect. Uh, that's awesome. All right. Well, that's maybe awesome. next podcast when we do another finish the quote segment, um, we'll get the other guys in here and they won't suck as bad as you. They'll be better. <laughs> Although, hey, Justin redeemed himself. Taylor, Taylor yeah. just crapped the bed today, man. Yeah, I, I really let everybody down. <laughs> it's okay. We're used to it by now. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> Thank you guys for checking out our podcast. We really appreciate you guys. Our iTunes ratings and reviews keep climbing. The Twitter followers keep climbing. We're getting a lot of listens on the post-game podcast. We really appreciate all of that. You know, we're just a couple of dudes who like to talk about basketball. And so it really means a lot that you guys interact with us. Check out our stuff. Uh, tell your friends. If your friends are into basketball, into pop culture, if they're Thunder fans, tell them to check us out. Download the podcast. Follow us on Twitter. We really enjoy doing this. The Thunder on a break until Wednesday night when they are at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then Friday night, Trey Young makes his return to Oklahoma with the Atlanta Hawks. We're going to sign out of here. Make sure you follow Taylor on Twitter. He is at Taylor underscore P15. Justin is at OKC Tracker. I am at ThunderMob405. The podcast Twitter is at the underscore uncontested. We'll have more post-game podcasts for you guys later this week. You guys have a good week. And as always, Thunder Up. Thunder Up. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.